0: Hello, sir. What's going on, Jarrett?
3: How are you, man?
0: I'm 10 times better for seeing and hearing you. (laughs) It's been a a very long time, man, and it's it's quite a time to be alive. Man, you said
3: it. You said it.
0: Where do we even start? I guess we should start with the last year. Let's just go in on that to begin with. Um, How did you go into this whole situation, Jarrett? Were you in a good place mentally? spiritually emotionally when this thing started were you you know was your house in order so to speak at the beginning
3: you know that's kind of a of a of a frustrating aspect of the whole thing I mean to be fair yeah everything was awesome <laughs> and um we had planned you know by design a year of bowling for soup Doing like two weekends a month, but the way that we had the shows scheduled and stuff, I mean, it w- just income wise, it was going to be a really great year with not as much being away from home. And um, we, we did our tour in the UK <laughs> last February. Uh, it was amazing, amazing start to the thing. We came back. Uh, we did one other show. And that was like the Friday before the world just shut down. And so at first, um, it was kind of, you know, I mean, it was like, to be honest, you know, you know me, I mean, I was almost sort of poking fun at at the idea of, you know, us all, I'll shut that down, us all being, um, you know, so scared of something, because just quite frankly, it's not something that we had ever experienced none, none of us i mean our, our planet hasn't experienced anything like this you know um so you know a show got canceled here a show got canceled there and then another show and then another show and then i started to you know i've i've had my struggles mentally and uh you know with mental health and depression anxiety and i i started to have a really hard time um and so i just one day just got up and did a show online And man, it was just, it was exhilarating, you know, It's a couple of hundred people watching. And uh, so roundabout sort of answer, uh, I was not doing well at all. So what I did and and what I kind of attributed to that too was my calendar was disappearing. And I, for 25 years have lived a life to where it's like, okay, you're gone during this time and then you're home. So this is when you take care of all of your stuff and you spend time with your family, then you're gone here and then you're back and then you're gone and then you're back. And so my, my calendar is always full. Well, you know, late March last year, I looked at my calendar and it was literally empty. And I, and Fridays were the same as Sundays and Mondays, the same as Saturdays. And uh, it was, it was a lot. Um, Just interacting with people wasn't a thing anymore. You know, I, I, and that's something that I, you know, just being able to make people smile is something that gets me going in the morning. And so what I did was I, I did the only thing I knew how to do, and that's I just found ways to fill my calendar. So I did over 100 shows in six months. I, um, I, I played a ton of shows on stage at every charity that asked me to do something. I said yes. Um, and I just filled my and then I wrote a bunch of new music and I wrote a new Bowling for Soup album and I wrote a country record. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I I managed to uh, to get through it. You know, my wife was like, I was locked in the studio. You know, my wife was like, uh, it's like you're on tour, only you come to bed, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And and quite frankly, that's the way that it felt. You know, I really was. I was in this room for eight or 10 hours a day and whatever it was. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to have um, the job as Chuck E. Cheese Uh, the mascot for the, for the pizza chain and, and they kept me pretty busy. And so, you know, um, managed to, uh, I mean, it's hard for me to uh, imagine it's hard to fathom that it's been over a year. I I was talking to Frank Turner the other day because he and I, for the first three or four months did a thing called back to the metal where every Wednesday we just went live on Instagram and just chatted about whatever came to our minds. And I uh, he's, he's doing a guest spot on my country record. And I said the other day, I go, you know, it's been a year since back to the metal. And it's like, it's hard to even fathom, you know, just such a weird, weird thing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, have you gained any positives from from the process of being at home and having all that time to reflect and go inwards? Because I know from my point of view, and we're the same in many ways, and one of those key similarities between you and I is I'd say we're both workaholics. Yeah, for sure. We we throw ourselves wholeheartedly into being creative, being productive. That's what brings purpose and meaning and direction and, you know, happiness really to both our lives. And, you know, I, in the same way, saw all my DJ work evaporate. And, you know, I knew all my face-to-face podcasting was going to be going out the window. And so initially, I think like you, it was panic stations. And then I got really lucky. I got offered a book deal. I threw myself into that. I started podcasting more regularly over Zoom and phone and things. And then actually, once I got through that initial grieving, because for me, it was and I'm sure it was for you as well. It was like a process of grieving, wasn't it? Because originally you think, okay, this will be over and done within a couple of months and then we'll be back to it. And then you realize that's not the case. And so you really start to grieve for the, the communities and the industries that we're a part of.
3: And- yeah for sure I mean and and sort of trying to take stock of how everybody else is doing I mean I think that's you know yes so I did I mean I I gained a lot from this I mean I gained the fact that I first of all yes you're right I mean like you I am a workaholic and you know and part of my issue with it is is that it's what I like to do so when you say do you have any hobbies yeah my hobbies are writing songs telling jokes you know make what I do for a living you know I mean, so when I'm up here, I don't always even feel like I'm working. And so sometimes I can go 12, 14 hours and my wife will just be like, hey, you want to come down here and, you know, maybe like live your life. And I'll just be, oh, shit, I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, that because this is just what I do. Um, and that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, I, I do try to keep, keep that in mind. And at five o'clock, six o'clock put my phone on the bar and, and just, you know, be in the present with my family. And, you know, I got to spend a year with my seven-year-old who's now eight that I, um, you know, I wouldn't take back any of that time. I mean, unfortunately, my teenage kids were at their moms and, you know, didn't really see them much over, over the year. Um, But, you know, luckily we have texts and all of that stuff. Um, But yeah, same thing. It was definitely a grieving period. And then when I found out, you know, I was proud of myself for, you know, for, for keeping an income stream happening and for keeping the fans engaged and for, you know, and, and, and there's a whole new sort of fan base started up called the Kazoo crew, which is around just me playing these shows online or whatever. And, you know, all of them there for each other and this whole community of people that are just, you know, supporting each other and all of that, you know, something that that I know Bowling for Soup has delivered for so long, but really on my own, you know, it's not really something that I've set in this room to do, you know? Um, And so that was, that was cool to see. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just being able to keep myself busy and, um, and, and again, you know, I was really worried, man, because I, you know, a lot of people, I think don't realize that the bands of our, of our age, the, 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 you know, people that sold as many records as us stopped making money on it in the 90s you know so yeah third eye blind has all the money in the world but you know you've got to understand that when us and 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 our peers were coming up through this it's the beginning of file sharing and limewire and napster and stuff and you know we i'm not i'm not rich and famous i'm just famous you know <laughs> so i have to work every You make day. your
0: money on the road man
3: I do. I make my money on the road, and I and and that's how I pay for for my family's, you know, education and and where we live and food on the table and all that. So, it was very scary at first, um, you know. But again, you know, I, I I've just always been like that. I always can just sort of find what. Okay, so this is the lane that I'm going to be in for now, and we're going to do it. And um, you know, came out of it pretty uh, pretty pretty mentally healthy and stuff. I mean, again, I'm vaccinated now. So I realize the world is still not out of this mess and I'm still wearing my mask and doing my part. I'm just, our world is still really small. Just our bubble that we've been with the whole time, but we can see a light at the end of the tunnel. We're starting to put shows, shows together now. And, um, you know, and and so I can honestly say that I, uh, you know, I came through it without a, uh, without a, without a, without a breakdown, which uh, you know, um, I tell you one thing that I <laughs> that somebody said to me early in all of this, and again, it's been over a year ago, and it's so weird to think about that I had to sort of like every day present this to myself. You know, some just a random friend of mine just typed out, and it's super random. It's like somebody from high school that I don't even really talk to. They're just on my Facebook or whatever. And they were just like, you know, you don't have to clean the garage, you don't have to lose weight, you don't have to. You know, redo a room or paint your house,
0: or uh, learn a know, language start, or bake bread. Yeah, <laughs>
3: exactly. You don't have to learn to cook or learn a language or or start a garden. You know, all of these other things that people are doing or whatever. You you don't have to do that. We're in a pandemic. All you have to do is survive. And I was like, my God, that is so simple. I just gave myself chills. It's so simple, but it it spoke to me. And, and, you know, and it and it made it to where I was just like, okay, you know, because, you know, I've put on weight over the years. And, and and that was kind of one of the things where I was, just, okay, well, I've got this chance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose weight. Now, we moved into this house eight years ago, and our garage is still a nightmare. You know what I mean? And it's just like, okay, I'm gonna accomplish all of this. And when you start to put that stuff on yourself you wake up and you're like, well, I haven't accomplished that yet. So you're like, well, shit, you're a piece of shit, Jarrett, you know, like just go lay back in the fucking bed, <laughs> you know, and then, but you know, you, you, I got myself to that point quickly where I was like, man, I'm just going to survive and fucking just do my thing. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and even, you know, the, the other really hard part was not being around the guys and we figured that out early. Um, you know, poor Chris has been locked in his apartment by himself for 14 months now and, um, you know, he lives alone with Wally and, um, you know, he we're 30 minutes away from him. And even if we wanted to, we kind of couldn't spend time together because, you know, we're we're our kids are going to school. And um, so, you know, lots and lots of FaceTimes, hangouts, texting all day, every day and just trying to keep those ties. And, and you know, it definitely has made me even more than when we took the break in 2013. Um, really really miss them and um so there's a there's a bond i think um with our band that has actually been strengthened if that's even possible because as you know you spend a lot of time with us we're real real tight um and uh it's 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 even more now pretty crazy
0: i think with this last year like my friendship circle has been so drastically reduced Mm. And, and that's not been a conscious thing. I just sort of woke up one day and realized, like, wow, what used to be this huge extended circle of, you know, not hangers-on at all, but you know, like loose affiliates and and casual sure. acquaintances, and you know, people that you see when you go to events and shows and festivals sure. and pubs, you catch up with loads of people at once because they're kind of just there. But when you remove yourself from those social situations, you sort of realize who the people you want in your life are. The kind of mm. people you want to be surrounded by, and those friendships, if they're real, which obviously yours with your bandmates are, um, and, and many people in my life that I knew were before, but after this, I'm like, wow, the same deal. Like we're closer than ever, um, mm. and and this experience has really like <laughs> been a test of that friendship, but but also it's been what's gotten me through. Thank yeah. God for even just phone calls, man. Like the Zoom thing is great, but just like and it brings back to why I do this podcast like for me there is nothing there is no greater high or like you know experience than connecting and having a deep conversation with somebody that you love that's worth you know everything in the world to me and I'm sure you're the same
3: yeah you know it's funny you say that um I I I sort of said this thing early on I was like you you know in your culture you guys say you're right and then the next person says not too bad and then you move on with the day, right? We yeah. say, "How are you doing? Great. How are you? Great." And you move on with your other thing. So those are what our two cultures. That's the intro, pretty much the standard intro to all conversations. And what I found was it was like uh, I started asking people, "Hey, how you doing?" And I actually listened to their answer. I wasn't just waiting for a doing great. Like, and people started listening to how I was doing. It Was like, and then. And then it became like this, you know, but, you know, hey, man, how are how 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 are you adjusting through all of this? You know, because and people would ask my wife all the time, like, you know, how is he like this guy has been entertaining people for 25 years and is now like and I didn't fucking leave, man. I mean, like my wife did a few things here and there and like went to work, or whatever. But like, I mean, I, I didn't have any reason to. I was just locked in this house or my friend Derek's house or my friend Casey's house or my mother-in-law, I went four places in a year, you know, didn't go out to eat, nothing. And, um, you know, that, that 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 was the thing was, is that, that uh, again, back to my point, I don't mean to like get back into the whole thing, but you really, you really, we started listening to each other and how we are doing and what our feelings are and how we're getting through this and, you know, what the impact of it is. And if somebody actually, you know, in American culture, you always say, you need. is there anything I can do to help? You need anything? But you hope that they go, no, I'm good, because that's what you do in conversation, right? Somebody's like, hey, I'm moving this week. And you go, I, yeah, you need any help? They're going to go, no, we got it. Because if they you. go, <laughs> yeah, exactly, because if they go, yeah, we actually could use some help. You're like, ah, fuck. Well, <laughs> I can't help you. But my friend Jim, you know, yeah. he, has, he has dick to do that day. But... But, yeah, I, uh, I just found that we, that we as people, and, and you, know, um, you know, I do a couple of podcasts as well. I know um, you were know.
0: you early doors with this medium. Early,
3: absolutely. Yeah, I uh, got into the Bowling for Soup thing back in 2009. But uh, five years, six years, I guess, doing uh, Jarrett Goes to the Movies and three years doing uh, Rockstar Dad now. And uh, with Rockstar Dad comes d- a different guest each week, similar to what you do. And really hearing the impact of it on people in my industry or people in your industry or people, you know, who are actors or comedian you know, you're, you're a comedian, but comedians and, you know, all, all of the kinds of people that we have on our show that are fathers and how different it was for everybody with their kids, you know, versus how it is with our kids. Because, you know, you talk to somebody up in like the fucking, um, the Northeast, where they're like out in the middle of nowhere, they never shut down their schools. Like they didn't have to because yeah. they're isolated. Like nobody goes there because <laughs> there's nothing to do, you know? And so uh, it's just super interesting. Uh And, and also, you know, as you say, you know, you really do uh, find out, you know, who your friends are and, and all of that. I'm so bad about reaching out to people. And I even found myself doing it from time to time, you know, and especially if you, saw that somebody was having something really bad happen or or they were being affected by it or you know when adam schlesinger died uh, you know pretty much all of us that knew him were all reaching out to each other and um can i quickly
0: ask you Jarrett, if you don't mind about because that's a unique situation right there right Mm -hmm. we've all we've all lost people and musicians have passed away of course over the years from various things but I guess he was the first like guy in the community, right? The high profile, at least, yeah. that, that was a common thread between a lot of different people. So what was that like? I mean, it must have been the only good thing from that horrible situation must have been, as you say, that shared community of all being there for each other and reaching out and sharing memories and celebrating his life. And
3: just, he's just such a, He was such a special person and such an amazing musician, first and foremost, but a sweetheart of a person. And, you know, he had gotten himself, you know, for me, as you say, you know, he was, you know, that's my world. I mean, he and I wrote High School Never Ends Together and that song was a hit, you know, and it's like so we had that in common. We spent time together writing a couple of more songs that we that um, I don't think ever even got released. But um, oh, no, we wrote Choke together and that's a B-side on Sorry for Partying. But, um, you know, I got to spend time with him, have beers with him. He came to my shows. I went to his shows you know, and, um, we stayed in touch and, you know, you don't do that with everybody that you write songs with. He just sort of had, you know, it's, it's like, uh, making movies, right. You, you're friends with people while you're making movies with them and then you move on and you, you really don't, people are like, Oh, are you best friends with such and such? Cause you were in a movie with her. And it's just like, no, I mean, we spoke when we were on camera and <laughs> yeah. that's it. You know? Um, but yeah, it was, um, first of all, let me say that it was, uh, gut wrenching. Um, and terrible and um it that one hit me uh harder than any had so far as far as people affected or or that passed away by it because it was so close to home I mean I just looked at my wife and I'm just like this is too close man I mean this is this is like this guy and I have posters on walls together you know like people think Bowling Pursuit did Stacy's mom and that's his song you know like it just we have all of these ties and he was a friend of mine i tell stories about that guy you know like it's what i'm saying is like he was a part of my life and you know it wasn't just this face of some musician on tv for me
0: Um, your lives were completely intertwined weren't they the dna was shared it was common it
3: was there and yeah it was and you know so i guess if any good came out of it it was that to know just how big his reach was and what a celebration it was for people to still to this because it just passed the one year anniversary actually and there's still people putting out tributes and and things like that so you know I mean um that one was rough man I mean that's that's you know besides you know close friends that I've lost to it like as far as like around here or from high school or whatever like um, I would say that one was the, was definitely like a, a, a bat to the gut, you know, it was, uh, very similar to the way that, you know, that uh, well, shit, I mean, I don't know, I guess you can't compare, but you know, I had a really hard time when Chester passed away and, you know, just, just when you lose people like that who are in, in your world, it's just so close, you know, you're just like, God damn, that's close, you know, tough.
0: There's one more thing I want to ask you in relation to the, the kind of Corona stuff. And then we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll move backwards through time is where I'd like to go. Um, but the, the last thing for me, this year has been a really key time because I haven't been on the run, on the move. And I think it's definitely this way for me. Maybe it is for you. Maybe it isn't. But my productivity and my overactive brain you know, often means that I don't take care of shit in my life. So Mm. I'm on the move and I'm just getting it done. I'm out there doing the hustle and whatever's going on inside my head and my heart, I'm not really addressing or dealing with. And as we both know over time, if that mounts up, it's coming back to bite you in a big way. And what happened for me this year is I got to just hit the brakes. And initially it was terrible because I had to look in the mirror and go, Oh my God, I've got to deal with all these problems that I've been hiding from for so long. And then I did. And like, to get through it all and come out the other side right now, and this is without income, <laughs> I'm living at my parents' house. Like, you know, there's still a lot of things that I'm waiting for and, and hoping for, but in myself, I'm the happiest and the most content and the most at peace I've ever been in my life because of this time to work on myself, to go in. And I wondered if you'd had any of that yourself. You mentioned spending an entire year with your son, which must have been probably the longest you've had since your career began, but. Ever. Is that like across the board, something that you've loved and cherished as well and appreciated is that time for you just to take care of yourself, your family and be there, be present in the moment.
3: Definitely uh, exactly what you said. I mean, uh, I think, you know, I think just having to wake up with ourselves without all of the distractions of the way that my, you know, my life is crazy. And we, we, you know, my wife says that all the time. She's just like your life (laughs) is nuts. And it, sometimes that's based on a text message that I get. And she's like, who just text you? And I'll say who it is. And she'll just be like, do you understand how insane that is? <laughs> like, you know, because, and, and I don't disagree. I mean, my life is crazy and I've just the things that I, and the way that in the, in the pace of it by, you know, by like, design
0: though, right. By design, by design
3: 100% I'm a micromanager who absolutely has to be in control of every little thing. And, and, and all of that. And I, my brain never stops, right? It's, it never stops. It's not a bad thing. I mean, I we're, the, we're the
0: same, dude. It's one of many yeah. things we share in common, man.
3: 100%. I get yeah. tired, man. My brother came out on the road with us one time for four days and he actually went to the hotel in London. He was in the UK, went to the hotel in London two, extra, two days early because he was like, I can't keep up. This is crazy, Jared. Like, I don't know how you do it. And anyway, so, but slowing down like that. That's the thing that I wondered I, I, early on. I was like, man, are we all going to kind of not be in a hurry to answer emails and texts and stuff? You know, what's going to be the balance here? Like what's, you know, how is this thing, what's going to change? One of the things that changed is you and I would probably do it, be doing this interview over the phone. If uh, we would have done this before COVID, we would have likely done this over some sort of audible thing. Now we've all gotten so used to being able to interact on the computer. That's going to change. So, so a lot of these people that are working from home are never going back to an office. It's an unnecessary expense. That's going to, you know, um, so, so all of these things, but, but so shit, I got off topic, but Yes, I.
0: You're back in the business. I'm talking about not doing business. I
3: know, I know. I became well. (laughs) I became well aware of how I am. Not that I already was it, but like, you know, when you're with an eight-year-old every day, all day, and he just is constantly going, "Are you still working? You know, are you working on something? Oh yeah, you're gonna." When do you think you'll be done? You know, you're working, you know, and you, you eventually start to hear that at first. And you kind of just like, you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dude later, whatever. Then it starts to go, man, like the shit that he's going to remember, is not going to be no toilet paper? It's not going to be, you know, the fact that we went without this or we or that his birthday party got canceled. He probably won't even remember that, that he's had two birthday parties not happen since the shit, you know, Um, he's going to remember that we ate dinner together every night and that we never missed an episode of America's Funniest Videos and that, you know, like I could just stop in the middle of the day and go do something with him if I wanted to, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for for lack of a better word, you take stock of things, right? And you, um, you know, it definitely, Also, with my older kids, not seeing them has been really, really tough on me. Um, And they're teenagers, so it's hard because, you know, Matt, I started playing drums and bars when I was 13 years old. Like, I I didn't fucking see my parents, you know. So I – but it's different when you just kind of (laughs) can't, you know. Like, you can't even be like, hey, you guys are coming over for dinner, whether you like it or not, you know. uh, That's just not a thing. So – but, yeah, I mean, I definitely – got myself to the point of my, my hardest, my hardest thing has been, uh, <laughs> which it's, it's funny to go over this whole thing about all this shit that I did and all of the stuff that I continue to do and how I drive myself and how I'm a workaholic and all of this. But I have to tell you that motivation because of depression is a motherfucker, man. I mean, there are definitely days where I'm it's 11 AM and I'm like still in bed and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get up today. You know, like I'm just going to stay here. You know, and
0: well, because the brain so- doesn't switch off, right? You might not want to get up and do stuff, but your mind isn't. Yeah. You're not in a state of nirvana, chilling out. Yeah, you know, you're you're in anxiety overdrive, and that's the yeah. the worst. You know, fucking double kicker because it's like I want to do all this stuff, but I can't, and I hate myself for it. And ah, shut yeah. up, shut up.
3: Exactly, it's yeah. too much, and everything's too much. You know, it's like okay, you just need to do this. Like, so I did. I started. Okay, so let's let's keep it simple. Let's do the let's do two easy things, you know, and just get a couple of things off the list, you know, and then we'll then we'll c- tackle something. And you know, you always find that that big hill you thought you had to climb was not really that big of a deal. It's like, uh, you know, my child cleaning his room. It's like he, he'll every single fucking time he does it, he'll go, man. You know, once I really focus, it only takes me about ten minutes. And it's like, yeah, you've been in there seven hours, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's the hardest, the hardest battle for me, um, has, has just been that just the kickstart, you know, getting myself going. Sometimes it's enough to just know that people depend on you and people expect it. Um, sometimes it's not, you know, and, um, you know, that luckily for me, those days are few and far between, but I am a human being. And, and, and if, if I'm, if I'm, if I've said anything over the last eight years of being able to talk about this openly, uh, I definitely am not fucking cured. So don't, if you have paid attention to my mental health journey, you know, and you're hearing this and Jesus Christ, he wrote three records and he did this and he did, you know, that, that wasn't the easiest thing in the world for me every single day to, to get even get out of bed, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, um, you know, I've, I've, I've looked at the positives of this, of this whole thing. And fortunately for me, um, I can find more positives than negatives through the whole year. And, you know, and I take a lot of, uh, I'm very grateful for where my marriage is, you know, like, um, just having a year to just be here and just work on, uh, you know, what's what was already an amazing relationship. I mean, we're best friends, but you know, we, love is a fucked up thing. Like you don't, you know, you don't, we don't clean the kitchen the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's shit. She does annoys me and vice versa. I don't see her piles of shit around the house and she does it. Or I see hers. I don't see mine. She doesn't see hers. You know, it's like, you know, those things. So I'm very lucky that I've had this year uh just with Casey and to be able to just to know like, man, we, we got this shit down now. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's been nice to, of bed in the same bed, and like I said lots of uh lots of positives despite how horrible a lot of people have had it we i I consider myself very lucky,
0: yeah, I know a lot of relationships that have come undone in the last twelve months because of that pressure cooker of being just trapped indoors, no escape um and you're with the you know the right woman I've met Casey, she's great, you two are a great couple, and yeah. you know. Our lives have been very intertwined for me, Jarrett. And we first met 10 years ago this year. It's, it's, it's insane how long that's been. And but then at the same time, it feels like really just yesterday that we were first meeting. And what's interesting to me, looking back through our friendship, because I've obviously been going down that, you know, wonderful memory road today in the lead up to chatting to you. 2013 was a crazy year. Excuse the, you know, crass use of language, perhaps for both of us we were just getting to know each other and we'd kind of had a couple of years of you'd come into Kerrang radio on every album cycle. And after a couple, we just, you know, we were hitting it off every time you began doing a weekly appearance on my show, Jarrett's jams, which I have great memories of doing with you every that's right, week. That's right. And, you know, I'd say we were friends at that point already. Sure, and, um, sure. you know, I would come out to LA and spend some time with you and Linus and we would having this lovely time. And then, 2013, Kerrang Radio shuts. I lose my dream job, and I just spiral out of control and go off the deep end. Meanwhile, in your life, your marriage is falling apart, um, and I guess this is when the struggles in you start as well. So it's you know it's kind of strange that both of our lives at that point began to unravel in that way. We're both very positive, upbeat people, but there's obviously in both of us, I know, like a darkness that dwells within. I don't want to go too heavy on you because I don't want to bum you out, but I'd like to talk about this stuff with you if you're open to, Um, because we've never really done so before. You know, we've, we've spoken in private a lot, but this is the first time we've really got into it in this way um, on a public platform. So Jarrett, when for you do you think was the period in time when you started to notice these negative thoughts and feelings and they started to take over because They're always there, I think, in people like us, but they come to the forefront after either an event or and that's with me. It was Koran closing down, losing my dream job. I thought my life was over. Bang. And that was it. And since then, I've been dealing with varying degrees of depression. But that was that was the catalyst. What was what was yours, man?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's an easy pinpoint. You know, I was um, here. I was, you know, 40 years old or so. um, And I had, you know, a wife and two kids. And I, too, had my dream job, not only, you know, being in the best band in the world, but... Um, who were that again? <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> uh, being in the greatest band that's ever lived. And, um, you know, and then I had just become Chuck E. Cheese, which is such a huge deal in America. I mean, there's 530 stores. It's like every kid knows who Chuck E. Cheese is, you know, and I that's that that I... You
0: would have gone there as a kid, right, as well. So there's that.
3: 100%. Yeah. 100%. So the nostalgia of that, like I used to fucking love that mouse, man. And now I'm him and I still am. But, you know, and my kids are are uh, you know, so, you know, my marriage had pretty much kind of started to fall apart um a few years before. And there's no real um easy way to put it, uh, you know, other than it's 100% because of my career choice you know um, I made so many sacrifices for both my marriage and for my band that really there's so many things that Bowling Pursuit probably would have or could have done had I not been in the relationship that I was in and there's so much that I could have probably gotten or salvaged out of that relationship had I not been in Bowling Pursuit
0: Um, just very quickly there as well that's something which a lot of people don't I think appreciate or fully comprehend or understand is you know this life and I say more so a lot more so with you than me um but I've you know toured and I've been on the road and I've been around that world and when you make a living that way it takes its toll doesn't it it takes its toll on your relationships on your family life on your personal life and not to go woe is the rock star because it obviously is as you said a dream job but there's a lot of emotional wear and tear that comes with the territory isn't there like hard, hardcore,
3: hardcore, man. I mean, hardcore. And, and, you know, you always have to under, also understand place and time, right? Like, you know, through the big years of Bowling Pursuit, we didn't have FaceTime and cell phones weren't what they are now. Like uh, when I was in the UK, it was, you know, I'd run up an $800 phone bill just saying goodnight to my kids. You know, I mean, it, 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 it you know, and again, there, de- there's definitely no, woe is me. Like I, I will complain about how boring it is to fucking, be a musician because it's fucking boring
0: sound check Uh, sound check sound check check.
3: (laughs) well just and just sitting there i mean then then what you know like okay you know well i've got press at seven you know and now i've got two hours what the fuck can i do in two hours you know it's just the whole thing um but yeah it's devastating to relationships um you know the the I, i will say i'll fast forward and say the beauty of what i've learned you know is that Casey comes out with me at least once a tour and that really is helpful. Yeah. Uh, she's also very understanding because she does that of like, why I don't like to talk on the phone when I'm on the road or why it's kind of hard to even get me to tell you about my day. Cause it's the fucking same day I had yesterday, you know? Um, am I? And, and again, I'm very appreciative. I, I'm, i I'm doing what 99.99999% of people at one point in their life dream of doing And, and I do it. And, but yeah, I, you know, there's no question that my relationship with my ex uh, was just fucking damaged um, through the really big Bowling for Soup years and sort of really exclamating uh, coming out of like 2007 to 2009 and sort of like what, you know, what, what we were doing then to keep ourselves busy and whatever. And, and, and our relationship struggled because of it. And then both of us strayed, um, you know, which, uh, you know, people probably tend to do when they're not getting the right attention. And, and, uh, you know, she was a miserable person at home with two kids and I was a pretty miserable guy, uh, out on the road who wanted to be with my two kids. But at the same time, I still had no real, understanding of depression and anxiety yet I think it was just at that point where you know my doctor says you know it's kind of brewing down there you know like you're feeling it every once in a while but you don't really realize that one day it just fucking comes out of the water well you know that it's easy the catalyst for me was just that day of like hey we're gonna get divorced and to me And nothing against my ex, who you know, we were definitely in love at one point, and and uh, and you know, it was real, and 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 I'm we have two beautiful fucking kids, and I would not take any one day out of that relationship. But um, the biggest, the hardest part for me was losing my family. It was knowing I'm not going to see my kids every day. Like I'm not going to see them. I'm not going to take them to school. I'm not going to see them when they go get off the bus every day. Not going to see them. You know, I'm gonna miss shit. Like, and now, like, we're gonna have separate birthday parties and separate Christmases and just all of that. And then, you know, and then just the stress of like, well, now one of us has to move, and um, you know, so, you know, when it all fucking came down on me, and 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 it had been a couple of years into me dealing with it and trying to get the diagnostics of it and of just what the hell was going on with me, you know, I, I would go through it. My doctor would go you know, um, any one of these is a trigger, you have 10, you know, like a two year custody battle, a divorce, you moved house three times. You're, um, you know, you, I almost quit bowling for soup in 2013 to try and repair my relationship.
0: Is that why the uh, final tour thing was laid out in the way that it was? Is that the reason behind that?
3: 100%. And, and that's, and I've, I've said that and, uh, not a lot. I mean, I kind of just, Came clean about that about a year and a half ago. And I've uh, since sat down and cried and apologized to my band about it. And, you know, said, look, I, I, I was fucking willing to do anything, even break up the greatest thing that's ever happened to me uh, besides my kids. Uh, I was willing to give this up just to be able to fucking wake up and see them every day, you know?
0: And that that was a strange and hard time because rang had gone at this point and i remember being out on a few dates of that tour with you guys and i was in my own weird headspace and i remember being on your bus one night chatting to chris and chris was like crying and he was like you know my life's over after this and yeah. it was it was there was a dark sad cloud following you know the happiest band in town around wasn't there it was it was difficult man
3: that was tough for me um to to have to know how i mean gary and i communicated very well and he was aware of everything and uh eric too for that matter i mean really you know and and honestly like i wasn't pulling wool over anybody's eyes you know i really did think that going out on top would be cool you know like and i really did in my heart of hearts not want to run the band into the ground you know you know you also have to understand i was turning 40 years old you know i i you know you you don't fucking write fart joke songs and think you're going to be playing them at 50. And here I am fucking 49 years old and I'm scheduling shows so I can go play fart jokes at 50. You know, like that's literally a thing. I'm going to be in the UK as a 50 year old man next May playing (laughs) songs about farts, you know? and so again hey, if it's good, for, good
0: enough for the descendants and they're it, doing it, it at 60 right
3: 100 that's <laughs> that's the lead up descendants and bad religion man i'll just as long as you guys go that'll be the fucking that's the line we just won't cross that but um that was very difficult i i saw him in tears several times on that tour um to be honest I, as a defense mechanism i just sort of kind of had to brush it off a little bit and just be like, dude, you know, we're still going to do stuff We're, you know, it's, your life isn't over, you know, but to him touring is everything, you know I mean? That, that's, that's all that keeps him going. Bowling for soup is all that man does. So, so you, you, you make a decision in our band. Okay. It's super easy. We don't just divide up money, which again, back to how we survived this pandemic. All of the money goes into the company and you get paid a salary. And the salary is very modest. It's the same thing that we've been taking since t- taking for 20 fucking years. And so if we can afford it, then you realize it's not that much. Now, you get bonuses if we have tours, good tours and things like that. But, but the idea is, dude, if we don't work for a year, you're still going to get paid. Well, we've done that twice now. And one of them was because of me. And one of them is because is of COVID. And we're still fine. So you have a choice in Bowling for Soup. You can just live off that. That's what Chris does. Or you fucking become a realtor like Gary, or you get twelve jobs like I do. You know. I think and, the
0: other thing as well as you pointed out is Chris is also single, which I can also relate to. Is you know yeah. he, do- he doesn't have not only the career or the the life at home, but the you know the yeah. family as well. So the band really is everything for him, right?
3: And and by design though too. I mean, he yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. necessarily want to be by himself, but he's had two relationships. Uh, a marriage and a, and an engagement go really, really bad. Uh, so the guy is not looking for that. Like yeah. that's, you know, so yeah, I mean that he doesn't have all of that to support and he wants to, he lives his simple, awesome life. He goes, he has his friends that he goes, he plays darts, he plays poker, he spends time with his dog and he's in bowling for zoo, and it's fucking great, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, back to that. Yes. I, I, uh, it was hard. It was, it was really a fucking hard time. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I guess the, the one thing that I can say again, I'm such a positive person and I, I don't really think that you'll ever find much that I don't find positivity in.
0: That's uh, All
3: right. I know. And it drives my wife fucking crazy. Cause I, and I, I guess that's one of those things, right? Like when we're on the road and, and it's just, you know, back in the vet, you know, when it gets just as bad as it's going to get. And I'm always like, well, but you know, I mean, fuck, we you know, we get to do this today. You know, it's like, and that's just how I am. Uh, it, that's when I knew that something was wrong with me. Uh, sorry. Uh, when I, when I couldn't do that anymore, um, I just, it was like, oh shit, I've lost my superpower. Like my superpower is to be able to have the flu, be pissed off about something, uh, a death in the family and six other things wrong with me and meet somebody and make their fucking day. That's my superhero power, superpower. And I didn't have it anymore. And that's when I knew something was wrong with me. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and, and so then you don't really know what's wrong with you you know uh it it becomes this whole thing of all right well i'll go to a shrink i'll go to my doctor i'll do this i'll try this medication i'll try this isn't working this is really bad this you know and that's a fucking two-year process you know of trying to figure out what the right balance of medication is trying to get through the shit in your head that you think you know because i mean i have a psychology major i figured i was just giving myself therapy and my thinking all the time you know like um but yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I didn't have the easiest of childhoods and and uh, but I had a good childhood, you know, uh, I've had a wacky adulthood, you know, with finding my biological sisters four years ago and
0: filling I def- in a bunch. I definitely of- want to talk to you about that in a little bit. Yeah,
3: Well, <laughs> we'll get to it in a second then. But but yeah, so back to 2013, um, just fucking dark, as dark as it could be, Matt, I could fucking, you know, again, I I was going into 2004 after, after all of that, going into 2014, I was in great shape. I, I I was, I, I just was doing what I had to do. And then I just found myself, I could get up in the morning on my weeks, get my kids to school, feed my dogs. And that was it. That was it. That was the whole day. The rest of the day was just fucking laying in the fetal position in my bed, not, knowing what was wrong with me with the worst feeling in the pit of my stomach that I've ever felt in my life. And it was just constant. And uh that was my life for a long time. And uh, you know, I uh I'm very lucky that I met Casey and that when I met her, I I still was just starting really to try and figure it all out. And she was so patient and helpful and motivating and just there at the right time, you know. Um and and you know, that's what happens, right? Everything sort of just comes in and 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 everybody everybody says things happen for a reason. I, I actually do say that too. I, I a lot of people don't like that for that slogan, but you know, more often than not, I can sort of always see the benefits, even the really bad shit, you know. Um, and that's just it, right? I mean, I you know, I, I went through that. This is what I was gonna say earlier before I started crying, Matt. Um, I uh <laughs> i love you man you okay I, uh yeah yeah i'm good uh we bowling for soup came out of that that period literally shot out of a cannon. if you saw us in 2014 or 15 every single person was like holy shit like these motherfuckers aren't fucking around now you know like it was our our download appearance in 2014 we fucking murdered we every single review we got was as good as it could possibly get
0: not only did you murder it this is something that i fucking love about you Is i was chatting to you moments before you were going on stage and I was like, what are you going to play? What's in the set list? Oh yeah. Cause obviously a, a headline show, there's a lot more time to play a lot more stuff. You had maybe 30 minutes to download and you were like, I don't know. We just get up there and we, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you don't even write a set list for a gig as big as down. And you're like, nah. and, yeah. And you know, some bands might say they don't, but they're there. There's a set list you guys. And there's another story, which I'll relay later on as well, but you just strolled up there and literally, literally winged it and crushed yeah. it. And I was like, that's a fucking ban right there.
3: The only time we write a set list is if we have pyro. So if we have pyro, there's a set list.
0: Set, um, now, when it's going yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah.
3: Now I can call an audible, which is um, a football term in America, which means I can change things during the show. And I often do, um, but normally they'll know sort of what I'm going to do. So if I skip a song, then they know that I'm either trying to get to another song for the vibe of it. Or I'm trying to get to something later, or I'm gonna come back to that song later but um all of that's new I mean we have only had pyro for the last what three or four years, so uh working off a set list uh, is very very new, but you're exactly right yeah we um I tell them what the first song in fact uh sometimes they'll forget to ask me, and like you'll see Chris Bernie will just be running over like hey what's the first song you know <laughs> or the you know the the Starts and it's just like, okay, hit an A or an E. That's usually right. You know, whatever, whatever we can do. But yeah, I mean, came out of that time, shot out of a cannon. And um, you know, the band were so good to me during that time. As I said, I my cut my divorce wasn't awesome, but it, you know, we made it through. Um, but the custody battle was about two years and all of that during, you know, all of this and just fighting to be able to have my kids half the time uh and uh you know it's it's funny because I look back on that time it's so weird because it wasn't that long ago but now my kids are 15 and 18 and you know they're not ever fucking here because they're teenagers you know it's just like man I mean I, I I hope that one day they know that you know that that fight took place just for just so that those few years we could have that and I'm sure they will but um yeah man that was uh, back to your original question that's definitely when i knew that was the darkest of times and darkest time of my life it's honestly the first time since i was an adult that i f- i didn't feel invincible that i didn't feel like i could get through anything that i didn't i, I wasn't suicidal so i don't want anybody cuz i do know that that gets a hold of people sometimes and if that does get a hold of you please talk to somebody and there are people that will listen um i but i did bottle it all up and i had no no fucking motivation to do anything at all nothing i i just i just didn't give a shit so i threw myself into just you know i drank a bunch probably too much um i had a lot of fun um was because it actually was fun
0: cuz i have this thing like i've been through periods like that where i think i'm having fun at the time and i look back and i'm like man i don't know whether that was a lot of fun
3: you know it it, it is and it isn't right you know i mean i you know when you go into a bar and everybody's like hey are you all right and you're like what the fuck you talking about they're like yeah you fell backwards in your chair last night you had to fucking you know your friends had to carry you to the car and shit that's embarrassing you know and not as much as I joke about us drinking and as much as bowling does drink on the road and love to party and all of that, you know, there's a control to it. Um, you know, you have to be able to live your life and and I wouldn't say that that was my biggest obstacle at all, but it definitely wasn't helping. Um, you it's know, also I, the
0: mindset, which you drink in as well, right? Like yeah. if, if you're around friends and it's a celebration, you're on tour, it's a good time. It's okay to knock a few back, but if you're deeply, deeply unhappy in yourself, you're on your own, that's no time to be drinking and i've been down that road so many times and yeah it's it's a horrible feeling to be like fucking depressed and drunk and you feel like you're losing control don't you
3: yeah and i wasn't the best person i mean i had never really been much of like a womanizer uh, really i mean kind of i guess at times but you know i i kind of went through a, a bad period there and i hurt people and you know i um I, uh, I, you know, I got regrets, you know, I do. I, you know, fortunately for me, I went to therapy, you know, you go to therapy and you, you work through that forgiveness of yourself before you can start working on everybody else, you know? And, um, which sounds stupid if you've never been through it, you know, like if you're just like, if people are like, well, just fucking say you're sorry to yourself. And then, you know, but it's just not that easy. It's, you know, when you really dig through there and start to think about all that stupid shit that you did or just, you know, again, it's embarrassing uh, that that you know you let yourself get to that point, and I just didn't fucking care anymore. I really didn't. I I just you know it was it was tough. It was a tough tough time.
0: I will say this, my friend the the Lunch Drunk Love album, which came out in two thousand and thirteen which yeah. I'm presuming would have been a product of all of this going, you know, that was going on in your personal life because that album's kind of a breakup record, but then it's also you're falling in love with Casey record. It's like both in one that for me, I think is the best album you guys have ever put out. I think it's so honest and heartfelt. Um, and, you know, you're obviously this entertaining fun band. That's what you're known for. And I remember the first song, which really made me see you guys in a different light was around the time we first met, which was turbulence off fishing for woos. I was like, this is Bowling for Soup. I couldn't believe it. It's was such a beautiful, heartfelt, um, incredible song. And then you came out with Lunch Drunk Love around 2013 when Kerrang! was closing down and your marriage and all of that was happening. And I was yeah. like, this is a whole, this is a different band, man. Did you feel like you were going into different writing territory with that record? And did yeah, you so, want so to go there?
3: This was, that was all written. Casey actually comes in later. Um, that that record was literally written during all of this. And in fact, I will tell you this, and this is the God's honest truth. Uh, my ex and I decided we were getting a divorce over text message while I was in the vocal booth singing that fucking album. And uh li- I was texting and Linus is, you know, he's like, Hey man, do you, uh you ready? And I'm like, I just need one second. I, I guess I'm getting a divorce. And he's like, Oh shit. You know? And, Uh, Eric came in with a beer and, you know, whatever. I mean, I wasn't upset because I knew it was coming and we were both ready. We were exhausted. We had done, you know, we had done therapy and uh, together. And, you know, I happen to know for a fact that I was going in there thinking we were going to rescue it. And she was going in there going through the motions. I don't blame her. She, you know, she went through a lot with me and I went through a lot with her. You know, I get it. She was done over it. Uh, so I think it was more for appearances for her to be able to say to, you know, family and friends that, you know, Hey, we tried kind of thing. Um, and I know that because, you know, I saw some messages that I shouldn't have seen kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, the
0: worst. Oh, uh, yeah,
3: you got to stay out of people's phones, man. I, I have never gotten into anybody's phone, but two times in my life, that was one of them. And, and it was just right there. It's not like I had to dig. But both times it was fucking real bad. Like I you just don't get into it if, if you don't trust who you're with, um, then I don't know what to tell you because it just never goes it never goes well. Um and but there's yeah, no I,
0: coming back from it, is there once you no, once you've no, seen that stuff.
3: Yeah. And plus it makes you an asshole. Like, yeah. you know, you you're you're gonna open this whole conversation about trust with that individual they're going to turn that motherfucker back around on you for getting into their phone. And then you're just, it's a standoff in the middle of the street where nobody's really right. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, you know, and then you draw your guns and it fucking hurts and you both say shit that you don't mean. And, you know, there's better ways to work things out. Um, you know, I guess in hindsight, I'm glad I know, because I don't feel like I failed. I feel like I failed before then, you know, like I, at least I was going in there with the right ideas and the right, you know, level of, uh, of, um, you know, trying again, the problem with me was, and this is, this isn't good, but I wasn't trying to really keep my relationship with her as much as I was trying to keep my family together. And that's Mm -hmm. fucked up, man. I would tell me in a heartbeat, like, dude, you're going to be fine. Get out of that, get out of that marriage so that you and she can both be happy. And then your kids are going to be happy, you know, because our kids didn't even know that we were miserable because we didn't fight. You know, we just, you know, just didn't. It's um, like that
0: outdated phrase, isn't it? Stay together for the kids. It's the worst thing you can do, I think, is stay together yeah. for the kids. Right. If, the, if the partnership is toxic, because it's just that's going to feed into their salt right. psyches from a young age and color their opinions on relationships.
3: Yeah, I think back to like the like, I guess it's about 3 months before she moved out um we had taken the kids to disney and uh i think about that trip all the time just cuz in the back of my head i knew but it, it wasn't out there yet you know like i just knew i was like just with things that would be said or things that i would say or she would say or 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 things that we would do to try to be nice to one another and it just felt gross i i, I just I, there's so many vivid memories of of me going oh, fuck man we're you know, if we're for sure getting a divorce, you know, like I, I, I'm not going to say that, but, and you just wonder, you know, how well we hit it, you know, like I wonder, I think we did a really good job, but I don't think everybody does, you know, your kids can be really affected by that shit. And uh, I, again, I, I don't think anybody should ever settle or stay in any relationship that they're not happy in because life is short. And I fucking have said that my whole life and I did it. You know, so it's just hard, you know. It's it's like um, well, you know, going back to relationships like when you're when you're getting that divorce, right? And we sat out on the driveway and we decided we, we're having a beer together, and it's like we're gonna be best friends forever, even if our spouses don't like it, we're gonna be best friends forever. And you I'd say that to like my friend Ty or or whoever, and they'd be like, Yeah, right, like that's gonna happen. I'd be mean, no, 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 we really are. We were no, that shit did not happen at all and the minute you know somebody you start to get in a different relationship or this or this the first argument about the kids all of that you know into this big swirly tornado oh man how is it now um it's good i mean you know now it's it's very you know it's 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 taken us a long time to just get to the point we're not buddies um it's business, you know, it's, uh, she still owns a part of, you know, all of my stuff that I created while we were married, uh, and will forever because we were a partnership in that we were married. So, uh, there's a business relationship with that stuff, uh, which is just, you know, just making sure all the accounting is done and and all that. And then when the kids need something, you know, it's an email or a, or a text, you know, that's it, you know, it's, it's, uh, Definitely not, uh, not any sort of, of, of a, of a relationship. There's definitely, I don't think there's any love lost, but I think we both know that each other is a good parent. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, I know she's a great mom and, um, my kids have a great relationship with her and I'm a fucking fantastic dad and my kids have a, have a great relationship with me and that's the best we can do.
2: You know, that's it
0: How long before you begin to remember that you put so much positivity and light into the world and people's lives? You mentioned earlier on about these stage-it shows you've been doing through COVID and this community that you've you know, been building in this time, but I've been around you guys a lot, and I've seen like your fan base. Every band says, right, our fans are the best fans in the world, and every band, I'm sure, believes it because for them that they are, but there's there's like a hyper sensitivity and like gang mentality but in a good way that you know follows the bowling for soup camp around and everything you do there's so much love and support for it um how long does it take you to get back on your feet in that sense and and feel like this is what i'm here to do this is what i'm meant to be doing because you lose that confidence right in, in the initial phases of your depression but and i'm sure it still wrestles in time to time but when do you get that back and start to feel like yeah i'm I'm a good person. I'm a good entertainer. I'm a good father. Let's get back yeah. to doing what I do.
3: Uh, First show. I, you know, first show back after all of that, after the, after that break. Amazing. Uh, We did a bus trip, uh, I guess it was in 2014, maybe, maybe warp tour uh, and like a run with the Dolly Rots or something. Um, uh, you know, that aspect of me um, knowing, look, I, It's hard for me to talk about and especially in a public uh, platform because I don't want to seem conceited and I don't, I definitely don't want to seem like I am.
0: Let me say it for you then, Jarrett. You know, you're good at what you do. (laughs) I am
3: really, really. And you can
0: say that. I don't like false modesty, man. (laughs) I'll tell this as an example, right, to back up what you're saying. You did a solo tour, uh, Heartache and Hilarity, and you landed in, I think, uh, Wolverhampton, I think was the first. Yeah. location on that tour i came to the show to see you and catch up and again i was like so Jarrett, how's this show going to pan out its stories and songs what's the running order what's the idea behind it and you're like yeah. I-, I don't really know i was like what he's like yeah i, I haven't really got a set. i've been thinking on the flight over what i'm going to do that was the first time you'd turn your thoughts to it and again you got on stage and you just winged it you made up a show of yeah. stories and, and anybody else in that situation acoustic guitar no bands to high behind would have crumbled the thing would have gone off the rails you know it would have fallen short of being an entertaining night out but yeah you can do that shit man you are an entertainer so you can forget the false modesty
3: <laughs> well you're a rock I, star
0: dude
3: <laughs> i know look I, I i guess probably the biggest com- it's funny you know this like I said this pandemic has brought out a lot of love within my own camp and my own uh friendship group and my group of my peers and and all of that and uh <laughs> Chris Burney just one night I said something about myself and I often say degrading things about myself to to make it funny and to you know where it lightens the load or whatever and uh Chris Bernie, who never says anything like this just goes do you know how happy you make people? He was like, just, do you know, like the impact or how many lives you've affected or whatever? And I was just like, okay, stop it. You know, yada, yada. Because you know, yeah, I do. And this pandemic has been super. Um, I I have a lot of awareness of that. I have a lot of awareness of like, of the power that I have to, to put positivity into the world and to, um, to make people realize that they're worth something, you know, I, I do, I have that ability and that power. And I, and I think what the most, um, I think the, the most important part of me being able to do that is people know that I fucking mean it. You know, like, I, I don't think you, here's the thing about me. When I go out on stage and I say, we're, to Super, we're the greatest band that has ever lived. I'm obviously joking. What? Or am, or am I? Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think a lot of people are like, oh man, that's funny. Wait, is he being sick? You know what? They fucking might be, you know, like there's just that thing of like, but, and obviously that's a thing. But whenever I sit there and I tell you, hey, you know, this is a song about, you know, um, the girl that I had to leave, I had to make a choice between the band and the girl early on. And this song's called Cold Shower Tuesdays and yada, yada. yada those tears that come down their fucking faces are real because they know that I mean exactly what I'm saying. And I am not selling you a bag of dumb shit. You know, like I'm, I'm just putting myself into the world. And that's not who I set out to be at all. I, I didn't set out to be the guy who, um,
0: moved people. Was,
3: yeah, I really didn't. I just like to, I like to make jokes and, and, you know, as you know, I mean, I pride myself on being really funny and I know I'm really funny. I do. I, as you said, we can, we can tip, we don't have to tiptoe around it. Right. Um, but I also know that there's more to me than that. And then I, and I know that a lot of people, I, it's funny. I, uh, I, somebody posted a picture of me the other day and it just, you know, just the comments that, that, that it gets, it's so touching. and so moving. But one person was just like, you know, gosh, we've got to make sure that guy stays around forever, you know, kind of thing. And, and it just, the comments on that is like, what the fuck would we do without this guy? And, you know, yada, yada. Obviously that's a lot of pressure and I'm not going anywhere, but you know, I I am so thankful that I've been able to move people like that, that I've been able to make that kind of impact through whether it's my words or my music or both, you know, I, uh, I, again, it's, it's, it's not what I set out to do, but I just say, I, I fucking do it pretty good.
0: Well, even just on a personal level, man, uh, early on, to me, you would say, you would go out of your way to say and let me know. You'd be like, Matt, you're the best interviewer in the world. After Howard Stern, you're the best interviewer in the world. And at that point in my career, I was only a year or so into this thing, right? And you yeah. were, you and my friend Joel from this band Airborne, you two were the first guys to put your arms around me, you know, literally, metaphorically, whatever you want to use, and let me know that I was talented. And that I was special, and you you were encouraging and supportive, and you lifted me up from day one, and that quality in you shines in your music, in your stage show, and in your personality, man, you're the real deal you're a big I stand
3: behind it I, I the to world this day, I still to this day say that you are you are the best person that's ever interviewed me in my life and and just also the fact that you can continue to do so after ten years. Of knowing me and knowing and asking me questions through all of this shit that we've, you know, both been through and beers that we've shared and tears that we've shared and relationships coming and going and all of that shit, you know, and just the fact that we can sit here and have a chat like this and you can continue to make it fresh and new, um, I mean that's that's you, man. That's not me. I'm just answering the questions and and doing what I ordinarily always do, you know. So um you are uh I, you know what here's the thing i don't even think howard stern's the best because he fucking interrupts people too much like you don't he, you you got to go back and listen to his interview with jonah hill because jonah hill will he will cut him off and jonah hill will go that's fine but let me finish my thought and he just keeps doing it over and over and over again it's really fun
0: <laughs> well there's been so many moments man another night that springs to mind for me just whilst we're reminiscing, is. You'd come to London, you were doing a show in Camden at Dingwalls, and I'd had you into the new radio studios I was working in at the time to record a session, and then you left, you and Ryan left, and then after that, my boss takes me on the roof of the building and tells me, oh, by the way, you're going to L.A. tomorrow. When you get back, your job won't be here. You remember that night? And I I I come to see you at the show, and I'm like, dude, I lost my fucking job today, and you're like, what? But we were just there. And I went to L.A. the next day, no job, just like – and again, you're like, you're going to be fine, dude. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And-, uh, dude,
3: that, and, you know, I and I believe that. And look, I mean, you know, again, yeah, I mean, dude, all of us are all of us, in a sense, are living at our parents' house right now. Right. I mean, nothing is fucking normal in the world. You're still doing what you love. You, you know, you're still putting out content. And, and you know what? The end of the thing is in sight. And then you're going to be working again and all of this. Thing. I do. I remember that day very, very well. Um you know, you you were white as a ghost when you walked into the, to the dressing room. I remember exactly where we were. I remember that dressing room. Um, and I remember that you were going on, because you were going on holiday, right? So you're like leaving the next day for a holiday, knowing that you're coming back to no job. Yeah. Yeah. People
0: brutalized. like me and you have that ability, man. I'm going to just throw myself modesty aside. We have the ability. You tap, You sort of alluded to it earlier. When there's the hurdle in front of us, right, we'll find a way to either go, to the side, under, over, this pandemic has shown us like, okay, you're going to need to just go over into this lane for a while now and that's going to be you for a bit. And I've seen that in so many people this year, so many people that I admire, the ones that I admire the most are the ones that have that adaptability and drive to be able to just roll with the punches sometimes. Because life ain't easy, man. And this year, I think, has hammered that home for everybody but the best that we can do is be the best versions of ourselves for the people in our lives and really, even when it seems like it's impossible, just keep going, isn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely I mean, yeah, that's that's it, right? I mean, you know, it's uh you know, life's a funny thing, man. It's it's uh you know, it's it's you know, I'm in an interesting part of my life where I've had to take stock for the first time of like relationships in my life that are toxic and the ones that just don't make me feel good. And some of those relationships are very close to home. Um, And, you know, I I am, you know, I'm actually not speaking to my parents right now, which I always thought, how do you not speak to your parents? Well, a lot of that comes from, as I said, you know, I, I discovered who my biological father was about four years ago, and I've met my biological sister's, and
0: how's that process been Jarrett? has it been been, like gaining a whole new side to the family and amazing
3: it's been amazing dude i mean they have just welcomed me i mean you know uh our parents had affairs and i'm the result of it and they didn't know about me till they were in their 50s and i was in my 40s and and man we you know before covid we were vacationing together spending holidays together they're coming down to visit soon
0: are they all girls? Am I right in thinking that they're all well? girls? Yeah, 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 they're
3: all they're all girls. So and then I have a, a brother who is my, my, my mom had me and my brother. So he's my half brother. And, you know, I, I, I was, um, but I was adopted by the man I call my dad when I was three. And, um, you know, so, so again, I had a, I had a, a good life. And, um, and, uh, you know, oh are you are going to play on your iPad? Okay, you can go in your room and play on your iPad while I'm working. How was school today? Really good? How is the bus ride home? No problems? No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I got to set one next to Now that I made a friend. Oh good. I love it. All right, well you got karate coming up, but you got about an hour to play on your iPad. Yay! Enjoy. Cool. Okay.
0: I love oh, it. Man, that can- I won't keep he's- you much longer, Jarrett.
3: Oh, he's the fucking best, dude. He's uh, he's awesome. But yeah, um man, I got you know, I, I met my sisters. Uh, two of them were pretty apprehensive about the whole thing because it it, did, it drums up. You know, our father had passed away. Uh, it, it, you know, it drummed up a bunch of stuff in their life that they just didn't know about when they found out that their cousins knew about it and they were the only ones. And that, that was hurtful. And so and now my mom won't give me any information. And she has, you know, this this way of thinking about the whole thing. And I, here I am. I just feel like I was lied to my whole life. And so, you know, the so, so what I was trying to say was, is that I've just gotten to this point of where it's like, you know, that relationship doesn't make me happy. I'm just not going to have that relationship. I mean, you, you're not, you're not born into the world. Right? Cause I do. I see so many people like, man, yeah, my like, fucking, you know, this guy is such an asshole and yada, yada. And I'm just like, why do you choose to spend time with that person? It's like I it's,
0: even think that can be applied, and some people might not agree with this and think it's too harsh, but I think family members, man, if family members don't you know I'm improve saying? your life, yeah, get rid I
3: agree dude you know if and you can go back in history all you want, but like when you were fifteen, you fucking left you know, and like and you did you didn't go home for christmas when 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 we were cavemen, you know you were trying to find a brontosaurus or some shit you know like I, <laughs> you know I'm moving it,
0: on with your life yeah moving
3: on with your life and so i think those relationships that you do keep with relatives hey fucking a great and i love and i hope to god my kids want to have a relationship with me forever but if i become a toxic person then fucking write me off you know i it's up to me to figure out what what the issue is you know it's all right there but Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's not a bad place to be, to be honest, man. I mean, I, you know, I, um, not many people in the world that I've, that I've had to write off and, and, uh, but it, you know, it certainly feels good to be in a place of love and, and, uh, you know, not being a fucking shithead and, you know, having control of my mental health and, you know, my band going Awesome, and you know, got a country record coming out, and me and Kelly just released a record a year ago. And well, you know. let me
0: ask you about this country record, dude, because there's a Bowling for Soup song where you're singing. It's one of my favorite Bowling for Soup songs, and it's funny that you mentioned you're doing a country record because I yeah. was taking a walk through the woods the other day, and this song. It's the last song maybe on Drunk Dynasty, and you're singing about some advice your granddad gave you, and he's like, "Hey, yeah." JR and it's a country it's bowling for soup, but it's a kind of country song. And yeah. I was, and obviously you're from Texas. And I was like, man, these guys, or even if it's just you solo, you got to do a country record. So that's happening or it's already happened. What's going on
3: happening. It's being mixed right now. Uh, I, something I've been talking about forever, you know, I've I've always kind of written, there's, there's a few, that like, there's all figured out. You're talking about drinking beer on a Sunday, you know there's a few songs here and there that have that country thing to be really honest like if if i were to ever play you like okay here's a new song that i wrote it's going to be a bowling soup song but they all sound country when they first start out because they're all written with one of these acoustic guitars back here
0: and you're a great storyteller and that's what country music is isn't it that's all um... it is
3: yeah that's all it is, is is and i love 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 having a beginning and an end and you know all of those things so um yeah i um I am really, really, really proud of it. And it's not funny. I mean, there's funny aspects to it and all of that, but it's a legitimate you know, country record. And um, Can and I get a Nash- little
0: bit of an advanced listen when you've got a track or <laughs> two?
3: You know what? I will send you a couple of songs. In fact, we're mixing right now and um, I, I actually should start getting some songs back pretty soon. But man, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to actually release it. And, and uh, this is you know, nothing away from bowling. Here's the great thing about my life now. As you know, there was the time when I was going through the divorce and and then the custody and, and, and you know, and us putting the band back together. Not really. I mean, you know, we didn't have to put it back together, but I, you know, whatever. Back, we're
0: back out on the road.
3: We're doing shit again. Right. And but still, if I were gone more than two weeks, the way that it works is I wouldn't get my week back with my kids. So if I were gone two weeks, I wouldn't see my kids for a month kind of thing. So really 10 days was the maximum I could be gone so that I could still get them for four days on either side of the tour. Right. It's math, Matt, you know, it's just math. Um, but (laughs) so anyway, uh, I, uh, now it's like, well, shit, I don't have to do that anymore. I mean, my daughter graduated, my son's 15 He's so fucking busy. I mean, I wouldn't see him during the week anyway. Like we're like to the point of like having dinner every couple of weeks now, or, you know, come over one weekend
0: when he can fit you in.
3: (laughs) He's living his life. He's busy. And again, that's what I started to say earlier. I was playing bars when I was 13. Like I didn't see my parents, you know? Um, And my kid, my kids eight. his life is just kind of falls into place and he's going to be here, be here when I start, when I finish. So my wife can come out on the road because we have such a good support system. So man, I can fucking go for it, you know, like I, and still not affect what Bowling for Soup does at all. And so I'm like, you know what? The time is right. Um, I, I started it right before COVID hit and um, we, I was actually going to do it here in Denton. But what happened was I ended up writing it with my friend, Zach. And um, I went to Nashville back. um got to go to
0: Nashville, right?
3: Yeah, I wanted to go to, I mean, I really wanted to do it in Denton because Texas country is a real big deal, but I I thought there would be something cool. And I was right. There was, it was just cool to go to Nashville and just be there and, and do the record. But I, um, and I got all of my players are hired guns and they're all really, really fucking good. And, so um yeah, man, I'm 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 really gonna do it. It's uh I think you're gonna be surprised. It's and maybe you won't be. I don't
0: I know. I won't be surprised, man, because <laughs> I've seen you do the thing in various forms and I just I know you're a talented guy, man. And I know that whatever you put your hand to, because of just your your care over the craft, like you never half ass anything. So if you're gonna do something, I know you're gonna do it all the way and it's gonna be great. And as I said, I just heard that tune the other day and I was like, this guy's a country singer. Of course he is. And what a great thing to be discovering as you enter like this new chapter in your life, this new phase, I can see you as that country fucking bluesman out there on the road, just your guitar and your lady rolling into town. No,
3: no reason, man. You just go in and you hand the band charts and you fucking get up there and you do your shit, you know, like it's, uh, you know, but I will probably put together a band and, um, and do some, and, and do some traveling and do some shows and, and uh you know i i'm not expecting you know that's the thing that's the here's the great thing i even say this in my uh i write a lot about bowling for soup and on the country record because that, that's my life you know but uh i say um uh looking back is easy now we've come so far no more shooting for the stars like it's the we we've already done everything you've
0: done it man you've done the thing
3: so i don't have to sit down and write a Bowling Pursuit song or a country song under, under any sort of pretense uh, or, or desire really. Um, I guess, I mean, you know, if, if one were to hit, that would be great, but it's not going to really affect my life that much. Like, you know, obviously the money would be fucking awesome, but like, it's not something I haven't done. It's not going to change the course of what I'm doing. Um, So it's just nice to be able to put music out. By the way, this, New bowling for soup record. I I'm telling you, I know most everybody you love Lunch Drunk Love, most everybody likes drunk enough to dance, and then the biggest record is hangover. This one gives all three a run for their money. And I I am not I am not one of those 49-year-old people who is putting out an album trying to beat shit that I wrote 25 years ago. I did not try to do that, <laughs> but it is really, really good. And, uh, well, and one
0: and again, thing I've I- noticed about you, Jarrett, as well, is your voice. Like, you know, you'll go watch a 50-year-old singer and you're like, oh, man, those pipes ain't what they used to be. <laughs> but you somehow seemed, and I mean this sincerely, you somehow seem to get better at singing. Yeah. You can seem to sing like even higher and yeah. for long, hold the notes for longer, the older you get.
3: Yeah, my, I've been really lucky in that my range has gotten broader, bigger. I'm a little hoarse today because we, we just, we just opened up. We I built a swimming pool over COVID because my eight year old had fucking nothing to do last summer. And it was brutal. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I'll just go into debt. We'll build a pool. So we built a pool and uh, we were out there all weekend and I'm yelling at him to stop running for the whole weekend. So <laughs>
0: I, uh, I am not match hoarse. fit. You've been off the road for too long. That's what it is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, but yeah, my range, um, for some reason, it 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 you know I, I'm really really lucky with my voice is concerned because I um it has it's gotten better and stronger. I never lose it unless we're recording a DVD in uh, in London. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was when I was with you, I think, wasn't it?
3: That's right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, first time I've ever fucking lost my voice was uh, in Bristol the night before that, and then I yeah. tried to do that DVD and spent thirty thousand pounds on that thing and just flushed <laughs> it down the toilet
0: you can't win them all Jarrett. you can't, can't win, them win
3: them all that was that when i told the band that i was just like yeah guys we're gonna flush this and you know i never really talked about the budget with you but at pounds. And pounds everybody was like oh god you know it just makes you sick to your stomach man
0: and final question for you man this has been so good reconnecting with you dude as i knew it would be you um, too, man
3: i miss you dude i really do and i i i you know you want to come out on tour and do Matt Stocks DJ and ride my bus, that offer's always open, man.
0: I would a hundred percent love to do that, man. I would love to do that. And do. yeah, as soon as the shows are on, you make the call, yeah. man, and I'll be there with bells on. It'd be a great honor. Yeah. Um the final question is this. Gerinus too. Yeah. Is there gonna be a follow-up? Is that ever gonna happen? The songs must be there.
3: They are. And it's it's if you ask us together we're going to say it's just, we both got so busy and Linus is now doing photography. He's shooting is he video. Really? Nice. Yeah. He's doing really, really well. Um, and so he does sort of like exotic photography, but he's starting to do regular shit now too. He's doing video, but he does a lot of film and TV commercials. So he's always really, really busy. We have four songs in the can. And all he has to do is finish his parts. But that's been like that for about three years. So you might want to just give him a little Matt Stocks nudge and just be like, Jarrett says that. Uh, in order to get new new Jerinish, you're going to have to get in the studio and do your parts.
0: I'm going to do it right after this Zoom chat. I'm going to hit him <laughs> up because I've, you know, I've been thinking a lot about LA recently. I don't know if it's just because it's been shows that I've been watching, and it's one of the first places I want to get to once you know this this opens up. And one of my favorite memories of all time will always be the night me, you, and uh, Linus had out, and it was Steel Panther at the House of Blues, yeah, and then Seventh and Vale. It was our Motley Crew night out on the town,
3: yeah. So yeah. much
0: fun, man! I, I, oh, and I, I, Matt. night in great regard.
3: Matt Sorm from Guns N' Roses got up and played drums that night.
0: Mm-hmm. He was there. Ricky Ratman was there. Dave Navarro yeah, was there. Dave Navarro, right? Was sorry. It was like a who's who of Hollywood rock and roll. That's roll right.
3: Roll. Yeah, that was a big one actually, because I'd seen them so many times, and you know, it'll just be like, hey, the singer for <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck is that guy? You know. But uh, yeah, that was a big night. That was uh, that was a really good one.
0: And then we both obviously later up wound up touring with Steel Panther, not together.
3: Yes. Yeah, we at- did. And, and, and talk about it a lot. Actually, I'm doing something with Darren that I can't talk uh, uh Sticks that I can't talk about, um, but he'll be, it's because it's his shit. Um, and, uh, but we're talking about doing more together uh, later. I mean, you know, I, it's funny. We did that arena tour with them. And, you know, this is one thing that we haven't talked about is that since 2013, since that break, our audience in the UK and in America are growing. We're playing bigger places than we were before that with zero radio play. And well, all some just, radio
0: play, Kerrang! Well, yes, yes, I had you back.
3: Yes. No, 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 I know you, I mean now, I mean <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. No, we had, yes, again, you guys fucking, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> you, I mean, honestly, Kerrang! TV is the reason Bowling for Soup, actually exists to this day because them putting that the bitch song on in just constant rotation was all the ammo the american label needed to let us do that second record which brought you girl the bad guys want which is the fucking you know that's really the 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 uh the dynamite after the spark was lit so to speak
0: yeah, the uh-huh. bitch song over here was the one, wasn't it? I remember okay. that being that that being a big hit. And also, funnily enough, I used to work for Scuzz as well. I don't know whether I interviewed you for Scuzz or not, yeah. but I was on there for a few years. And the very very because that's obviously now gone as well. Another one bites the dust. The very 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 last video that they played before they came off the air was "Girl of the Bad Guys." Want. Girl All the Bad Guys once, right. yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, the audience is just consistently steadily it's growing. growing. It's growing.
3: Yeah. I mean, like we're literally to the point where it's like, okay, we could do arenas with steel Panther, but we're not opening. We're going to co headline now, you know, it's like, um, so, you know, again, we're very, very like, man, the BBC just played girl. The bad guys Want" this weekend, you know, not the uh, radio one, you know, it's just, it's so cool because you guys have national radio. So here it could be on, it's on some station somewhere all the time, but it's never as big of a deal as if fucking radio, 1, like you're on radio one, dude. Like, our entire country is listening to this right now
0: you know you're
3: yeah. <laughs> fucking crazy uh, but yeah man um still yeah that was a great night and you know i i uh i'm super you know excited for you to get back out there i i i, I want to see your stand up sometime man i know that you obviously i know you've had to not do it for a long time so you when you start working that shit out again let's fucking uh
0: well i'll I'll, I'll run through some stories and jokes with you because you know your input and feedback would be invaluable do you do stand up have you ever performed
3: so, so I did improv comedy um, for a long time. That's how, how I got the Chuck E. Cheese gig uh, so somebody right. saw me in improv comedy and uh, just the fluctuations that I can do with my voice and being able to um, we did a, a bunch of things that where I would be sort of like the, the, the main guy. So we would do like a rock opera based upon audience suggestions and shit like that. Um, Stand up, I have never done. I do sort of have bits and things like that, that I'll, Sometimes work into a bowling for soup show, um, but I tried not to do it because it does become like I'm just up there doing stand up, and the other guys are just standing there. You know, maybe
0: you could do some of that with the with the country stuff. That, that <laughs> yeah, would just, sit quite nicely in that format. Maybe we'll see,
3: we'll see. But uh, but yeah, I, it's not you know it's it's always been the, a a big desire. I just um, you know I need to sit down and write three or four minutes and go do it.
0: I'm sure once you do it, you'll be out there doing an hour special before long, mate. Because that's how you roll. <laughs>
3: man, I I would I would love it, man. Well, dude, again, I miss you, brother, and uh, thank you for this. It's about time.
0: Thank you, man, and just thank you for all the the years of friendship and support, man. You've always been a champion of me personally and professionally, and I love you to bits, man. I hope you know that.
3: Love you too, and same here, man. And I I uh, I appreciate everything and. Dude, we've been through a lot. Let's let's fucking do do it for another ten years and do a bunch of cool shit.